Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. everybody and welcome back to episode 186 of empty betters i'm harrison shoals i'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host mr nick manella what's going on my friend dude what's up uh just recovering from a very long and eventful halloween weekend in be more as i know you did as well i'm sure mac had a time and a half up in milwaukee i saw both of your costumes yours were fantastic so I'm sure we can get into discussing all that in a little bit, but fired up to be here and to chat some puck with you boys today. Don't know if I want to recap that. I'm trying to <laughs> to not think about what I did or didn't do over the weekend. But Amen. Uh, yeah, Mac, you looked like you had a particularly good time this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Um, <laughs> no, we uh, we had a good time. I had a party. Um, you know, Halloween weekend is I, I'm kind of with Harry on this one. It's like uh, it happened and uh, <laughs> let's let's keep her rolling. Leave I'm still like, by the way, I'm still violently hung over today and it's day two. There so, you go. Yeah, there you go. This is 30. Yeah. Wow. This is 30. Yeah. It ain't like it used to be, Nick, you know? No. But uh, we got jam-packed episode. Great interview. Today's interview guest is none other than TDO, The Daily Over. Good friend of the program. I think it's like his third time coming on the show. Um, always fun chatting with him. He definitely knows his stuff. Some good uh, Canadian team chatter. If you're uh, from Canada, then you'll appreciate it. Uh, that interview is going to be coming up first. After that, we'll go through the news, some discussion, and some trivia. Jam-packed episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, we are going to do the interview first. Just a reminder that this interview is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. And just a reminder, they are also teamed up with Rank to Reef which repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Rink to Reef helps preserve the beautiful Chesapeake area that many of us call home. Again, www.brackish.life. Go check it out today. This is our interview with TDO. And we are now pleased to welcome back to the Empty Betters podcast for, I believe, the third time, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if my math is correct, TDO himself, The Daily Over. Cole, how are you doing, my friend? Good. Good to be back. New season. Loving it. Absolutely. You look like you're winning a little bit, too, here to start the year. How have things been going? Good. Uh, Not great on the uh, totals, like 50-50 on the totals, like, you know, the games themselves, which I I usually come out in October uh, up and down just because I'm not used to the teams yet. And I do like using, you know, data throughout the season. I tend to get better with those as, as the season goes on. I've uh, been on fire on the props, the shots on goals, uh, which has been fantastic. I'm hitting at, I think, 75% on that, which is, uh, it's been keeping me alive <laughs> and the team. So uh, but all in all, it's been awesome. Season's been great. The hockey's been fantastic. And it's just been, uh, it's good to be back. Absolutely. So who are some of the teams out of the gate that you've uh, kind of clung to, who you're seeing are hitting at a good rate? Um, yeah, you know, so, the people. yeah, for sure. So I wish I have been hitting them, uh, <laughs> watching the trends. But uh, New Jersey, I, I don't know if they've went under yet. They might be like 8-0. Uh, you could correct me on that one. Uh, the Kings are lights out right now. I think they're number two in the league. My um, have been hit or miss. Um, but I've been missing the ball on uh, Columbus early. They were like a go-to for me last year. And it's either 
you know, four, one or five, one, like one of the teams that they're playing, either they're not putting the puck in the net or the other team for some reason can't score on them. Uh, but so been tracking the top three or four teams lately. Um, looking for my pick to hit tonight. Uh, so we'll see. Have you had any success with Carolina? I know that's a team that can obviously, you know, on paper, it looks like they should be winning every game, five, nothing, six, nothing, seven, nothing, but they've got some obvious, you know, goaltending issues. Freddie's obviously got some injury concerns this early in the season. Have you had any success with them at all? Yeah. So I have hit them, uh, not on posted picks, unfortunately, uh, but they, they okay. came out of the gates hot. Uh, I wasn't on them early in the first three games, just because last year they were a notorious under team, uh, just great defense. But this year they're, uh, defensive zone has been a mess um so far surprisingly with how stacked it is and i think the last three games have been under i think they started out like six and oh on the over and now they're six and three i think in that range um so yeah i've I've made some money on carolina this year which has been fantastic but not a team i was tracking early and then tell i saw them you know three three games in a row uh high scoring on both sides uh of the ice so uh we hit a couple um on the first five and then uh, i've been laying off them lately just because of the cold streak that they've kind of been on it really is hard like early on in the year and and there's always there's always a couple teams that either overperform or underperform. And it's, it's a crap shoot about how long that's going to go on. But one that's been super weird for me to pay attention to is the flyers. Like I, I was setting my fantasy lines today and I, the thought actually crossed my mind whether or not I should bench Freddie Anderson against the flyers. And that's just like, I don't, I can't believe I'm even having that conversation with myself right now, but <laughs> it's so true. Um, and I think they're back to 500 on the over under this season, but they did come out of the gates. They were beating some good teams. Uh, I Their roster doesn't really make sense to me. I, I look at it. I'm, I'm trying to find like, okay, how are they putting five pucks in the net on a nightly basis? But they, they were. Konechny's uh, a stud. Love Konechny. I always try to get him on my fantasy teams if I can. Missed him this year in the draft. But uh um, uh, they, they are a fun team to watch, especially because they have the matinees, the day games, uh, mm-hmm. for us. And if you're out West, I guess even earlier, but, uh, on a Saturday, I love throwing them on at the one o'clock, uh, the game and hope for goals. Yeah. I got, uh, I got, uh, the app prop tracker. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. Um, that's kind of who I use to track stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a great app. It's a great app. It, I think you might put me onto that too. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I got the top five teams who are over six and a half this year. Jersey at one. You already mentioned that Minnesota and Ottawa at two and three. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Carolina and Detroit to round out the top five. Yeah. Uh, I would never guess before the year that the Minnesota wild would be an over team. They look bad. No, they look bad. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like really bad. Yeah. It's a goaltending for me. I'm like, what the hell is going on with that team? It just doesn't make any sense. No, and the first game, I think Gustafson had like a 40-some save shutout. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, that makes sense. And yep. then after that, it's been like 5-4. I think they them and the Leafs went 11 deep, like 7-4 Leafs or something, which was awesome to watch as over fans. But, uh, yeah, Minnesota is also a fun team uh, to watch with Kap- uh, Kaprizov or Kaprizov, however you pronounce it. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're up there north of the border, so I want to ask you a little bit about the Western Canadian teams. This is uh, an interesting one, right? So let's start with Vancouver. I mean, they've they've looked pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah, they uh, they're and you know what they they usually start with an Eastern road trip. Uh, this year, I think they started at home uh, against Edmonton and went two and zero on a home and home with Edmonton, which is very impressive. Um, and I think they're a top eight team in the league right now, five, two and one or something like that. Uh, they did well when they came East. I think they, they lost to Philly on their first game, but then they went down to, uh, Florida and I think they took, I I could be wrong, but both games against Tampa and Florida, um, and then won their first game back home against Nashville, I think, or St. Louis, one of them, but, uh, oh no. Yeah. And um, 
I think they play Nashville tomorrow, actually. So St. Louis. And uh, they, you know what? If they get the goaltending from Demko, which they had a couple years ago, which uh, put them pretty close to the playoffs, um, or maybe made the playoffs. Um, last year was, I think, an off year for their goaltending. But uh, if he comes back, Pedersen's elite. Like, he's unreal. Nasty. And night in, night out. JT Miller looks like he's having a bounce back here. If you can call it bounce back, he's always good. But Yeah, Quinn um, Hughes has looked good so far, too. Yeah, Besser started Captain, good. Captain Quinn, man. Besser, you know, if he can put that. 30 or 40 kind of have like that rookie season he had. Yep. Uh, that's a team I've been tracking and looking for overs. Um, they like putting the puck in the net. Their power play is fantastic. That's a, that's usually a good indicator for teams. I always look for good power plays. Um, and then teams obviously that take a lot of penalties um, try to match that up as best you can for a game. If you can, if it lines up and go from there. You guys see while we're on the Canucks subject, you see the uh they're putting out a movie about all the, the riots that happened in 2011 after yep. the uh I, I can't wait to see that. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, funny story actually. One of my best friends, uh, he was out there for game five, right? Game five was in Vancouver. Uh they won it, they stayed. Um, and they were gonna celebrate in Vancouver if they won in Boston. And uh Obviously, that didn't happen and came back. So they stayed for game seven, never got tickets or anything, but they were in the riots. Oh, <laughs> like they were on like there's like this huge, like over overlooking picture of like all the people. And like if you zoom in, like you can find him and his buddy. And they said it was crazy, but they were like they said it turned fast, like like when people just started running he's like we just got out of there like you yeah. could just feel like the yeah. tension and you're like it was like this is not a good scene like you don't Ooh, want to yeah. be around it no it's bad for sure yeah and that's i like love that um that like picture of that couple just making out on like the ground and they're <laughs> yep. like still married to this day too which is like, like the best cars part. around yeah. them yeah, yeah. and the, the like all the um the trailer for the movie they put in like um you know news anchors saying stuff and one of my favorites is like these people aren't hockey fans they're animals yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah no vancouver's been a fun team out of the gate uh I got to ask you this. We're, we might as well just touch on this now. We're going to touch on it without you, but since you're here, um, we'll talk about it now. Is it panic time in Edmonton? I know we just had the Heritage Classic last night. They ended up winning that one, but things have not looked good so far. No, and I think it's the same story that, you know, people or we have been talking about for a few years now. Uh, the core, I, I do like their defense. I think they're going to get a whole year out of Ekholm now. Uh, Bouchard looks like a stud back there. You know, uh, Nurse is still a great defenseman, maybe not a $9.5 million defenseman, but still brings something to that team. Uh, um, Day is a beast back there. He's huge. Uh, you know, he's still young. Uh, Kulak, veteran guy. So, you know, I think they've bolstered their D. Their offense, you know, every night, it's the top two lines uh, going at it with guys. You know, they've added Hyman over the last couple of years uh evander kane looks like he's gonna have a good season if he stays healthy don't need to say anything about mcdavid or dry they're they're yeah. gonna be in the hundreds of points uh each if they both stay healthy um but it's goaltending uh every year it comes down to goaltending i don't know if they found their guy yet like i don't know if they know if it's going to be campbell or stewart love them as an over team uh every night they could put up six themselves. Uh, but I don't know if it's panic mode yet if you have those two guys there. Uh, it was a big win for them in the in the outdoor game. Uh, I think it'd be more panic mode if I'm a Flames fan uh, than, a, than an Oilers fan right now. I think Edmonton, by the end of the year, is still going to be one of the top teams in that division or even the West. I think you absolutely nailed it. I mean, it's the same problem that they just haven't addressed for the last three or four years. And they've addressed every other problem. Like they've added wing depth. Like you look at guys that they bring in like Connor Brown that I think are yeah. great. They've bolstered the defense, like you mentioned, but it's just for whatever reason, they're not willing to address the goaltending situation. Yeah. And you know, they, that one year with Mike Smith in the playoffs, uh, they go out and get Jack Campbell, who, you know, watch a lot of Leaf games being in the Eastern uh time zone here but 
I don't know. I just, I wouldn't feel comfortable unless Stuart Skinner takes a big step throughout the season. Like I wouldn't be comfortable with going into the playoffs with those two guys back there. If I'm looking at other teams in the West that you're going to have to come up against with, you know, Colorado as Gorgiev back there, um, Vegas, you know, not two big names, but they did it with last year with Aiden Hill. And he seems to be following up his playoff run with a good season so far. Logan Thompson, uh, Demko in Vancouver. I just, that's why I think where they fall off out of the top three, I guess, um, if I'm looking there. But yeah, I don't know. It's crazy because I feel like, like we said, this, this happens every year, but they somehow find a way to convince themselves it's okay during the regular season. Cause like you said, it probably will work out for them and they'll probably still end up being one of the top teams in that division, maybe even the West, like you said, but it's just a different beast in the playoffs and like teams buckle down and you know, you can't win the same way in the playoffs that, that teams like Edmonton or like we've seen with New Jersey so far this year where you're winning games seven to five or six to four or whatever, it just doesn't work in the playoffs. So I, I think you're totally right. They're going to have to address it. Um, if they, if they actually want to have a, a serious chance and not just do the same thing that they do every year. Yeah, I agree. I think they have a very similar model to uh, the Leafs, right? Like the Leafs have a great offense. They put up major points. They can kind of Joseph wall looks good young, but uh, looks good so far. Samsonov had a good year last year, but I think it gets sheltered by how good the team is in front of them, right? Like these teams yeah. rely on a on a, a power play that is in the 20s percent, which is like extremely high. You're scoring two goals a game on the power play. Um, and yeah, you can kind of hide the that throughout the regular season. But then when the game gets tighter in playoffs, it's it's just it hasn't been a recipe recipe for success for those two teams in particular. They definitely do live and die by that power play. And it's such a double-edged sword, like edge sword, because when it's working, it's great. But when it's not, they're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't rely on the like having that. You're almost starting the game with two goals <laughs> for those two teams. It's fun to watch, though. It's like I will tune into any Leafs or any. Yeah. It hurts me to you're say right. as a Habs fan, but I will tune into any Leafs or Oilers game all yep. year. So I want to go there with the flames that we touched on earlier. And then once we're done talking about them, we'll get the player props real quick. Yeah. Um, I was bullish on the flames before the start of the year. I remember we were going through their lineup. I was like, things are going to be different. They got the new coach, you know, give Huberdo like a little less pressure than he would have gotten from Sutter. And, you know, we've seen what Markstrom could do a couple seasons ago last year, a down year, but I waited in the draft to take him. Everybody was taking goalies. I was like, I'm going to nab Markstrom you know, in the ninth round and kind of get a value pick has not worked out well. And, um, you know, Huberdo, as I just talked about, he's a minus 10 with five points through nine games this season. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. Like, I obviously know it's two completely different teams and systems between Florida and Calgary. Um, but, yeah, he just hasn't hit his stride there. Caudry's another one. Uh, not, you know, I think he scored last night get the monkey off his back but like i don't know it just hasn't worked there they have big d um i thought you know with a good system and marks from back there i thought they'd be would have started better um and i think you know you've seen it last year with ottawa digging themselves a big hole early and then they finished strong but you know missed out of the playoffs by a few points but it was you know winning four games in your first 20. Uh, the NHL is too competitive. There's too many good young teams uh, fighting for spots. So I don't, I, like I said, I think if I'm a Flames fan, it's, I don't know if it's quite panic mode, but I'd start thinking about it. I think they have to get there because through nine games, their goal differential is minus 15. And the only team that's worse than them is the Sharks at minus 26. So it's yeah. not good. I mean, overall, not, they've got to do something. No, I totally agree. The sharks that are different. Uh, that's a different topic. You can have a whole episode on the shark situation. Well, so far this season, I think the biggest headline, you know, Connor Bedard hyped up. We had the whole, you know, first week national television games here, national television game there. 
The big debut is tonight as he's making his debut on Team TDO for a shot on goal prop. Why don't you tell us about what's going into that thought process and your your player props? um, I just I've I've been looking at Bedard. uh, Hit him early. (laughs) Hit him early for the shots. Uh, Wasn't posting, of course. I just wanted to see how he'd do, and he he did great. Uh, He's been doing fantastic. I think he's the real deal. Uh, But tonight in particular, uh, the Blackhawks were not dealt a great hand when uh, starting the season. I, don't, I think it was NHL wanting to showcase him, obviously. But Bedard is just one of those nights where he's going to separate himself from or wants to separate himself from uh, that that rookie class. Going to have a lot of open ice. And I just like the opportunity for shots. I think he's averaging like six and a half shot attempts a night. Um, in the last few games, you know, he hasn't even got three. So just looking for him to have a big night. I feel like he also just gets like two or three like grade A chances per game. Like he finds that space so well. His teammates are really finding him. I mean, he does get to those areas so easily, um, which I think just speaks so much to his intelligence. Yeah, he's he's a smart hockey player, but his skating is fantastic. Knows how to get open and he's so fast, like quick, the shot, the release. So smart. Just knows how to get to the open ice. All right, I'm going to give you my last two questions and then I'll let the other guys finish you off. But these are going to be kind of like what I will call rapid fire questions. So if I said, Cole, you have three players for the rest of the season that you can do a shot on goal prop with, you got to give me the three names. Who are they going to be? All right. Jack Hughes, Pasternak, and Matthews, even though I missed him on Saturday. Okay. The people needed to know. And then lastly – Stanley Cup final prediction and a winner. That's that's early. It's early. On Halloween. This will age beautifully. Um, all right. I'm gonna go uh Colorado out of the West. Okay. I think they were injured last year, rested up. Hopefully they get Landeskog back. Who knows? Uh, but they look good. Um, I think they'll be in the finals against I think this is the year that Carolina makes it happen. Ooh, that would Carolina be a sick final too. Yeah. yeah, and I would say Colorado wins in the finals this year. Nice. That would yeah. be mine if gun to my head right now. But we can't have the Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup. Come on, no, 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 no. no. The Caniacs need to be calmed down here. Exactly. Uh, it was them or the Rangers for me. It was oh. them or the Rangers. But either way, it grows. Yeah, like, that's just like picking between like worse and extra worse for us. I know. <laughs> Now, I don't think, granted, you're like only like the second interview of the year so far, but uh, I think we had B-Saw on last episode. He had uh, Jersey in Colorado. So, so far, we're two for two on the Colorado picks. We'll see how that goes. I like it. I mean, I like the fact that potentially they get Landis Cog back like a fresh right out of the box, Gabe, ready to go for the postseason. I think that could be lethal. Yeah. And the team's just, it's like, it's unreal. McCarr, They're so loaded. Yeah. Taves on the back end as well. Just McKinnon's a, a dog too, man. A psychopath too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see that ejection? You see that ejection? Uh, what was it like two nights ago? Yeah. It's crazy. Lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Game uh, up. Fellas, any other questions for TDO here? We're all good. How many goals does Ovi end up with this year? Oof. Good That's one. a good one. Uh, I'm gonna I don't think he hits 40. I think okay. he's gonna be in the 30s this year. I, I I would love him to get 50. Want to see that record beat? Um, the earlier the better, kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I just think it's gonna be more of a 35 number this year. Okay, I can live with that. Respectable. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 35 this year. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong, but uh I'm gonna go with 35. All right, last I'll, one just to just to, just to fuel the fire. Who's finishing uh, higher in the standings? The caps or the pens? <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> I'm gonna go Penguins this year. Guys. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm Let's go. Penguins. Who goes yeah, farther I when they? You would. Yeah, when yeah. they both don't make the playoffs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go Penguins. I think that uh, power play is gonna figure it out. Turn it oh. around. Carlson, Malkin, Gensel, Crosby, Latang. You coach him. Solving yeah. what he's doing. 
They don't. They, they don't want me coaching, man. And Todd Reardon doesn't know what he's doing. What do you mean? Yeah, can confirm. I got that right. I, oh, I just man. be the guy that yells shoot. I'd there be the you worst. go. Yeah. That's what I do on my TV. It's fun. That's what the um, Cavs power play needs. Just someone shoot the puck. Like <laughs> I know. Well, uh, Cole, as always, it's a pleasure. We appreciate it. We'll definitely get you back on this season. Good luck the rest of the way, and uh, appreciate the insight. Hopefully, some uh, some betters gain some good insight on this. So All right, guys. It. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to TDO for coming on the show. Always a fun time chatting with him. And he's got some great insight on the shot on goal props, which I am always a fan of following. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Brackish Life again for sponsoring that interview. I know, Harry, you mentioned them at the beginning of it. But uh, what we have coming up here in Maryland is a real special season for us pretty soon. We've got deer and duck hunting season coming up. If you're not from around here and you don't know, Maryland has the world's best duck hunting on the eastern shore. That's not an opinion. It's just a fact, and it's not really up for debate, so you can go just fuck off and suck it. But basically, check out Brackish Life to get all your deer and duck hunting supplies. They came out with an amazing camo duck hunting jacket that is absolutely essential for your supplies this season. So head to brackish.life today to get yours before they're gone. I am wearing their UV short sleeve right now, too. Great undergarment in the colder months and a wonderful sunblock protection tool in the warmer months. Uh, let's hop into the league news. But before we do, I think Mac has a word from our friends over at Elwood's. Yep. Just a reminder to support your local dive bar and have a beer at Elwood's Liquor and Tap, home of the Pizza Luge. Located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee on Water Street, the 70s inspired bar has a little something for everybody. From daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a four season patio, good time is always around the corner at Elwood's. Plus, they've got the full NHL package, TV screens inside and out. And you know, hockey fans can always watch any game anytime. They got drink deals if you wear your team's gear. So be sure to head down to Elwoods and don't forget to bring your dogs. They are a dog friendly bar. We'll see you down at Elwoods. All righty. Well, unfortunately, we have to start this episode on an extremely sad and tragic note. Uh, as many of you are probably aware, as this has made its way all over the internet, uh, former NHLer Adam Johnson. Uh, unfortunately passed away after an unfortunate tragedy during a game in England. The former Pittsburgh Penguin, who now plays over in an English hockey league, played 13 NHL games with the Penguins. Uh, he was playing in a game for the Nottingham Panthers in a Challenge Cup game against the Sheffield Steelers, where he suffered a slashed neck during the second period of the game. Uh, Johnson played college hockey at Minnesota Duluth helping the Bulldogs reach two NCAA tournaments. He scored an overtime game winner in the 2017 tournament, sending Minnesota Duluth to the frozen frenzy by beating BU and the EIHA, that is the uh, English Hockey League name, uh, has subsequently mandated neck guards for all of their players. Obviously, first and foremost, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved, the family, Johnson, team everybody it's it, it's a pretty gruesome video i would probably advise you actually not watch it to be honest with you it's horrible i mean this is just a, an absolutely horrible situation and um you know i i think one of the things i i first noticed about it is um you know friends of mine were saying you know I had some of them reach out to me saying, why is it such a big deal in the hockey community when someone passes away? Like, you know, it seems like everyone is sharing it. Everyone's publicizing it. And I'm going to go, you know, it, the first thing that came to my mind was it, it's just, it's such a tight knit community. And especially the three of us can relate to that growing up in Maryland, where you knew everyone you played against growing up and you knew them the entire time from the time you were eight till the time you were 18. Um, it's just absolutely brutal to, you know, hear that someone had to go through this. Someone's family had to go through this. Someone's teammates and coaches, the opposing team had to go through this. Um, I love that the EIHA mandated these net guards. I think that's fantastic. If you're a young hockey player and you're listening to the show, I highly encourage you to wear one. I know it doesn't look sexy. I know it doesn't look cool, but just your life is worth so much more. Just wear it. Yeah. And I think the only thing I would add is obviously, you know, on Twitter, people like to spread rumors, like to start shit. And it's just one of those things where it's like, 
nothing really matters right now except this guy's family and that, you know, they have the proper time and space to grieve. And so fueling that fire isn't going to help them. And so I would just kind of urge people to not be a part of that discourse on Twitter and just uh, let let his family have some time to process all that. That and um, really the only video that should be trending involving Adam Johnson is like his first goal with the penguins or any, any just highlight real stuff from him. We should be celebrating him. I mean, the Duluth highlights are electric. I mean, I I know exactly who this guy is from his frozen four times. So if you've never seen those, I highly encourage you to, to go pay some homage to him and watch those. Absolutely. One of the coolest first NHL goals you'll actually ever see uh, scored it on the road as a member of the penguins in his home state of Minnesota, grew up a wild fan, Scored the goal against the Wild. His whole family was there. Steve Mears did an incredible job calling that. I saw that getting circulated on the internet as well. So it's a sick goal too. I mean, it's a great a, goal. A lot of times yeah. people score your first NHL goal. It's kind of a garbage goal. This was this was a pretty one. But uh, obviously, as I mentioned first, I'll mention it last. Our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the Johnson family and all the affected people in the incident. So uh, definitely. And yeah. I think we saw some amazing tributes, um, you know, via social media through that. I know our our buddy Danny Cristo played over in Sheffield for a while. I saw him quite vocal about it on uh, Instagram. I saw a couple of other guys that I know from the EIHL over there that were posting about it. So was it, it the, just... um, was it the Ontario rain that he, uh, yep played yep. for that that honored him as like the first star and they brought yeah. his jersey out the, i thought uh, that the, was really cool the king's minor league team and i know the um the hershey bears and uh wbs penguins played against each other over the weekend and did something as well the uh the penguins actually before tonight's game we're recording this as the pens are playing the ducks um the pens put a number 47 on the back of their helmets thought that was great and they actually they did not do a moment of silence. They instead did a minute of straight cheering from the crowd in the warmups. So, I love that. I love that. That's super awesome. Um, really cool to see. Um, just a, a really sad situation. So we're, we're our deepest condolences over to everybody involved. The last thing I'll say is this is this is definitely one that stands out. You know, I feel like in our lifetimes, we're all around the same age. There's a couple <laughs> hockey related tragedies that have stood out. You have. Probably the biggest one for us, 2011, the locomotive KHL airplane crash. Then in what, 2017, you had the Humboldt Broncos bus crash thing. And then this, I think, are the three that really stand out to me the most. Yeah. Yep. So thoughts and prayers over to uh, to everybody involved. Uh, Joe Thornton, he confirmed his retirement officially from the NHL on Saturday after sitting out all of last season and remaining an unsigned free agent for this year uh, did it in typical Big Joe fashion. He looked like he was somewhere warm, somewhere on a beach, and having a drink. So uh, probably couldn't have been any more Joe Thornton than the way he did it. Uh, he played his, his last. He last played during the 21-22 campaign as a member of the Panthers, drafted first overall by the Boston Bruins in 1997. I was one year old. I was not alive. <laughs> I was probably two. So, why? Wait, th- wait, really? I thought you two, were... two turning three. Okay, I thought, yeah. I thought. But if three. the drafts in May, I was two. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, most games played by a first overall selection in the NHL draft with one thousand seven hundred and fourteen. That's bonkers. <laughs> An Art Ross Trophy, a Hart Trophy in two thousand six. Only player in league history to win MVP after suiting up for multiple teams in the same season. That's a really cool fact. Highest point total recorded by a player while playing with two different teams in one season. That was in 05-06 when he played with the Bruins and the Sharks. He had 125. Six-time All-Star. Unfortunately, uh, an Olympic gold medalist in 2010. Uh, USA suck it. And then San Jose's all-time leader in assists, plus, minus, and points per game. You know, I will I will make this now a discussion, a discussion uh, point. I saw this going on Twitter. Is Joe Thornton the greatest NHL player who never won the Stanley Cup? Wow, that is uh, it's it's him or Marcel Dion, in my opinion. Because Marcel Dion's like what, like fourth all time in points or something ridiculous yeah. like that. I would need to think about it more, but he he's I'd. 
I mean, it says something that I was thinking the same question in my head before you even said it. Like, holy crap, that's a lot of yeah, Aqualads without the big one, but <laughs> holy shit. Like, also, like 125 points in 2005, 2006. Like, that's when hockey games were ending like two to one, and that was exciting. Made Jonathan Chichu a household name. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I, another name that comes to mind, I know stats-wise and accolades-wise, maybe not as high, but Jerome McGinley is always going to be there for me. I yeah. Love, I love Jerome. Um, yeah. One of my favorite players. But yeah, he he just might be the best NHL player who unfortunately never won a Stanley Cup. Um, So salute to Joe Thornton and enjoy retirement. And it looks like you know how to. Last thing I'll uh, ask about this before we move on is like – when you guys hear Joe Thornton, like w- what team do you picture him with? Cause I've had a bunch of people being like Bruins legend. I'm like, the guy literally has every sharks record other than total yeah. points. So- I mean, I, I definitely picture him with the sharks, but yeah. I, I have, I have memories with the bees too, of like playing like early NHL video games and him being there and backyard stuff. hockey. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess just cause of my age, I think of him as a shark, but Man, when you go back to your childhood and you think about playing like, you know, NHL 04 with Danny Heatley on the cover, I just, you know, it's like Joe Thornton, Sir, uh, Sam, Sergei Samsonov. Was that who was also on the yep. Bruins? Yeah. yeah. Um, just trying to think of some other names, but yeah, it's a great time. I like it's weird. I kind of like her, like compartmentalize his career into like two different categories. It's like when he was Joe Thornton with like no beard and curly hair. And then when he was jumbo with no hair like and the long curly yes. beard, that's exactly how it is. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw that on Twitter or if you just saw that in your own, but someone actually called it uh BCO before Crosby Ovechkin. And then <laughs> post that's funny. That's he, funny. That year he went I to the sharks. Was their, that. That's great. That year he went to the sharks was their rookie season, which is nuts. Um, but yeah. So enjoy retirement. Jumbo. He took one look at the Eastern Conference and just said, nope, I'm getting out of here. I wish I could do that as a fan. Um, The Heritage Classic happened last night. Uh, In case you didn't know, don't blame me because I didn't even know until last night. Uh, Let's talk about the marketing of this game before we talk about the game itself. Mr. Nick Manella, it looks like you have something you want to say. Dude, I texted you both about this in our group chat yesterday. Like, I thought this game was in February. <laughs> like I was expecting Same. this to Same. literally be like two weeks after the Super Bowl. I'm like, and so I saw an article that said like Connor McDavid targeted to be like returning, you know, by the Heritage Classic. And I'm like, wow, that's like way longer than I expected. I thought this guy was out one to two weeks. How bad is the marketing? I mean, maybe I'm just an idiot, but like how bad is the marketing where someone who checks Every NHL media outlet every single day of his life does not know that the Heritage Classic starts at 7 p.m. on a Saturday. And it's a Canadian matchup of like the highest caliber. It's the best rivalry in the NHL right now. Like, come on. And they still couldn't like, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. It's it's terrible. (laughs) I yeah, I mean, I think historically it's been in October, but I kind of agree with you i like just didn't really know about it and like i honestly would not have known about it unless i heard the headline hey mcdavid's coming back like blah 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 so maybe mcdavid getting hurt was somehow i don't know it's just like i did i did see something hilarious on twitter that said any later in edmonton they wouldn't be able to get that many people outside because it would be too cold (laughs) and i thought that was so funny (laughs) Probably true, but uh, the pregame fits. Let's talk about that. You guys have a chance to catch those. Yep. A little construction worker action. I thought that was hardcore. Oil patch outfit. Yeah. 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 Look great. Um, Jerseys on the ice. I know that we had some thoughts on these. You know, in the preseason previews, I think. But Mac, you look like you want to hop in here. The the Oilers thing didn't work. the The shorts looked stupid. They, I get what they were trying to do. They should have just worn normal shorts, and it, and they might have looked fine. Like the jersey itself was not as bad as I thought. The shorts just looked so stupid. They were basically so. Like I hate the I hate the fake. Let's make it look retro, but it's like insanely modern gear, which is where we're at at this point. And essentially the color that they ended up using would have worked for the Vegas Golden Knights when they wore the mustard jerseys. So I'm just like, just it's not it's not brown. It's not tan. 
it's this Dijon soupy it's color. Good. Just like, don't do it. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Uh, obviously, McDavid comes back, gets an assist. Uh, the Oilers pretty much dominate that game. They win the game five to two. Evander Kane had a nice uh, little breakout game there. Three points. Uh, Hyman, Bouchard, and DeJournay get on the board. I mean, the Oilers, I know they played the Flames, who don't look good right now, but a good bounce back win for them. I know we just talked about the Oilers a bunch with TDO. Any thoughts on the game itself? I mean, they they needed that badly. And like you said, the Flames, yeah, maybe it's like not the most impressive win, but sometimes you need something like that to to kind of get right. Play a bad team, dominate them, remind yourself that you can score goals, that kind of thing. It's a big win. Like, it's a big win for the Oilers because they absolutely needed it. I mean, going into that game, there were two teams under five points in the NHL. One was the Edmonton Oilers. The other was the San Jose Sharks. But I think that, you know, that's sort of a game to me where you're going to be wound up by the atmosphere. You're going to have that extra 20 to 25 percent because of, you know, you're playing outside. It's in Edmonton. You've got the crowd behind you. I think I'm more concerned about what happens for them in their next game. Like, can you win at home? Can you win on the road? Show me that you can do this on a night in and night out basis, which you honestly have not done at this point in the season. Well, and I'm also interested because there was that, like, I think I sent it to you guys, that rumor that said like McDavid's like basically ready to put his foot down essentially. Like he's fed up with the direction the team's headed in. So, I mean, me being someone who couldn't, personally really give a shit if the Oilers are any good or not um I kind of I kind of want to see them be bad for a little longer because the goalie thing just frustrates me so much like I want them I want to see them either get a good goalie and go do something cool while they have McDavid or fucking trade him like or just like let him leave you know I, I'm, oh, sick I'm of totally this. here for chaos well I'm just <laughs> sick of it like like we talked about with TDO in the interview I'm so sick of seeing the same fucking thing happen with this team over and over again. So it's like, I would almost prefer to see them continue to just struggle so that they like management has no choice, but to like trade for a goalie or just do something. Yeah. I I also think it's kind of like a waste if we keep that talent up there when they're just going to continue to run around in circles. Like it's got to come to a head at some point. So either go get a goalie and go win a Stanley cup or let him walk and let's see him do well somewhere else. Right. Trade him to the Red Wings and they'll win five in five years. So literally. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think it's worth mentioning the next three games for the Oilers, a very big contest Thursday night against Dallas at home. That'll be a big, uh, what's the word? Uh, kind of measuring stick game. Yeah. Show me uh, what you got game. Yes. Uh, Saturday, set your reminders on your phones. I've already got mine for 9 a.m. They play the Predators. Leon Dreisaitl will score a goal. That always happens. And then the following Monday, they play the Canucks, who have already beaten them twice. And I'll probably bet the Oilers, and they'll probably lose. So <laughs> you already know how that's going to go. Uh, all right. We're going to move on to the discussion portion of the episode. But before we do, I know – that Nick has a word from Kane Footwear. That's right. If you were one of those Edmonton or Calgary fans, had to climb all those stairs at that stadium, that Canadian football stadium that held like 30,000 people. I know that's massive to you guys up in Canada. Uh, You're probably going to need to recover a little bit. You know, your Achilles, your ankles, your thighs. You're probably going to need some Cane Revives. Uh, The Cane Revive is made with bounce back foam created from Brazilian sugarcane, a renewable resource. Sugarcane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. Cane's unique bounce back foam provides the ideal balance of cushioning and support to help the body renew. Head to the link in our bio today to grab a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. Harry, I'd love to see Kane work in some NHL colors in there. I feel like we could get some awesome like Calgary Flames, like white. Then we get some red on the base with like the yellow speckle in there. I feel like that would be incredible. Uh, I would like that. Uh, who would be another good colorway? I'm trying to think. Seattle would be really cool. I feel like, you know, like a white. Cool. And then maybe you do like the dark blue on the bottom with like the teal speckle in there. Dallas. 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 A white and green would be kind of tough. With like a little black in there too. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Or you could get their uh their neon jersey color scheme. Oh, yeah. That'd be the best thing about that jersey. 
Uh, all right, we are going to move on to the discussion portion of the episode. Uh, one team that we talked a lot about last episode, and I guess we're going to talk about them again, the Detroit Red Wings. They have lost three in a row since we last recorded. Maybe we jinxed them. Uh, they blew a game to Seattle, lost 5-4 to four at home, and cost me my money. Then they lost to the Jets 4-1 to one at home, and then they lost 4-1 to one to the Bruins on the road. Uh, is there a little bit of... I don't know, fear in Detroit, knowing like, hey, we started out really hot and now we are kind of snake bit here. I'm going to say there's absolutely no fear in this team right now. And I'm mainly going to say that because Michigan sports can't get any worse at this point. Um, (laughs) I know that those people have been through so much. I mean, Lions fans, you guys deserve the absolute world. I'm so sorry, but you know, it, it's not been good for you. I mean, basically the Red Wings right now, they're three, one and one at home. They're 500 on the road. They're within the top 10 in overall standings in the NHL. I think at this point, it's kind of a best case scenario start for them. You've proven that Larkin and Debrinkit are a capable one, two duo up front. They've been nothing but electric to watch. Cider had an unbelievable year last year. I think we're going to see another small step forward this year. I don't think it's going to you know, win him the Norris trophy by any means, but I think it's going to be something incredible. I don't know. I think, you know, they've got some issues to address down the road. They're definitely going to have to continue to grow as a team, but I think where you're at right now, there's no reason to be happy or there's no reason to be anything but happy at this point. Yeah. I think honestly, it's more like this is where they expected to be or would have wanted to be at this point in the year they got off to way too hot of a start than anyone expected so they had to come back down to earth but they're still five three and one as we're recording right now so that's like perfectly respectable record and honestly where i would have probably put them at around this time so i I don't think it's panic time at all be interesting to see any adjustments they make like we mentioned with tdo uh, a lot of goals in these games usually with them. So if they can tighten it up a little bit, I think they'll be all right. Uh, worth noting, they are tied right now with the New York Islanders in the first period as we're recording this. Uh, it held off the score sheet for the last two games. Let's see if he can get off that schneid here against the Isles. I will, um, uh, last thing I'll say about the wings is I was at um, the Halloween party I was at over the weekend. I was talking to a couple guys who were hockey fans and they were saying, um, and they're casual hockey fans. Um, they know their stuff, but you know, don't necessarily watch every game every night. And they were saying how they think the NHL is worse when the red wings are bad. And I wholeheartedly disagreed with them or I wholeheartedly, um, I was like, when the red wings are good, the NHL is so much better. Yeah. So yes, you disagreed with them. You right. So right. I disagreed with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You had no. You had it right. Yeah. Right. Original six team. I mean, a lot of history there. Big market. Yeah. They should. It's better when they're good. Yeah. Definitely. I, I wish they were still in the West, but yeah, <laughs> yeah same. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of weird to me, but uh, we definitely I, missed the the Hawks Wings playoff series. Those were those were electric. Uh, we need that back for sure. Or the abs and wings rivalry. Oh, like, dude, yeah. that was so good. I know, we, it blows. It's not as cool with oh, yeah. the East. No. Uh, I wish we would have talked about this with TDO, but unfortunately we didn't. But uh, hopefully he's listening right now, and I hope he's got a smile on his face as we're talking about this. Let's talk about uh, betting on uniforms. This might sound a little weird to people, but it's kind of got a trend going here. There's a viral stat going around that the Buffalo Sabres are 12 one and one in the Goathead uniform since last season, and they have outscored their opponents 65 to 37 in that span. I want to ask you guys, because I know you're going to bring the Capitals into this, and I'll let you guys do that. Are there uniforms where you're like, I'm betting on or against that team when they're wearing this? So here's what I'll say. I think that it definitely plays a role. I think you're down bad if you're in a place where you're solely placing your wagers on a uniform and nothing else but for example if you're already considering a certain bet i think knowing the uniform could definitely help either drive that bet forward or make you reconsider a little bit depending on some of the stats the caps one that i think you expect us to bring in is the blue w jerseys we always seem to find a way to lose in those even though we did just win in our most recent outing with them but uh broken clocks right twice a day too so um yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents. Nick, what would you say? I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, 
there's I think there's one great example in the NHL of like this scenario, and it is the Washington Capitals having, in my opinion, what I call the opposite of the W jerseys that they wear. Uh, cause it's never good. It's always like a Sunday, 2 PM yep. shit bag hockey game. And yep. then they just get like pumped by the coyotes, like five to one. Well, and you've seen on Twitter, like the fans that have like rendered the Jersey to have the giant L on it instead yep. of the W <laughs> it's pretty accurate. I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's also like it's aged so poorly to a point where I don't think it's good. I mean, caps fans wanted that Jersey so bad for yeah. so long. I think it's appallingly average at best, but yeah, it's fine. Um, one other thing I'll add to this, this little discussion that we're having here is um, it, it's been a thing in other sports for a while. There's actually a Twitter account that tracks um, every different Ravens combo of uniform, not just the Jersey, but like their record when they have like black pants, black Jersey, their record when they have like black pants, white Jersey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they literally have the record for every different uniform combo and when you look at the stats, it's it's kind of hard to say that it doesn't affect it. Like it, there's a definite pattern there. So I'm um, out. Does this just exist for the Ravens? I only like- I only know about the there's a there's a Twitter account that specifically tracks it for the Ravens. There might also, there might be other ones. I, the Ravens like and you I'm I'm sure you both know this. They do tend to wear black on if it's like a Sunday night primetime prime time game. Like they'll they'll flex it to black for sure. All right. I will, if anyone listening and if this is a clip, please comment on this. Give me like a uniform that your hockey team wears that's like an alternate or like a chrome dome bucket or whatever and comment like if you're better in these uniforms or worse in these uniforms. I want to hear what fans have to say. I will say as a Pens fan, we had no business beating the Colorado Avalanche four to nothing last week. But do you want to know why we did? Because we wore the Snoop Dogg jerseys. And I'm just saying there's something there. There's something there. They play better in them. I'm just saying. Don't don't nod your head at me like that. It's true. Okay, they, no, it's true. They, <laughs> right. the, yeah. the, the Sabres wear the goat heads. They win. We wear well, the that's Dogg different because yeah. that's like literally one of the three greatest NHL jerseys of all time. But and they have I, the stats to back it up. They're 12, one and one. Also, like, it was like the last time the Sabres were good. They were wearing those jerseys, too. So. I'm going to go on an absolute stat hunt for this. I, okay. I'm making it my right. homework this Let's week. I want to come back. Ne- next. I want to know how bad like the Kings are when they're wearing the like Chrome domes or Vegas is when they've got the fucking C-3PO buckets on or something <laughs> horrible like yeah. that. Yeah. I do want to find that out. All right, we'll have to get these stats and uh, bring them back to you next week. We'll work on it. Uh, All right, and lastly, just a couple uh, player comparisons here, courtesy of our buddies over at Hockey Collective, probably the best Instagram account you can follow for all things hockey and NHL-related. Go give them a follow. Nick, I know you found these, so I'll let you read them off. Yeah, absolutely. These were uh, kind of mind-blowing to think about. So Jack Hughes at this point in his career, has more points and games played as a New Jersey Devil than Ilya Kovalchuk. He is 22 years old. So if you're around our age, that's mind-blowing because when we were in, uh, when I think Harry and I were in high school, Mac, you might have been in middle school, the Ilya Kovalchuk contract was like huge freaking news. What was it? It was like a 13-year deal with the Devils or something insane like that or like a seven-year deal like that. Yeah, it was it was was it the biggest in NHL history at the time? I can't remember. I might have feel like it might have been. Yeah. And then it lasted for like. Five. Yeah. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. Uh, This one's nuts. William Nylander has more goals as a maple leaf than Phil Kessel did. That just that's silly. That doesn't that doesn't sit in my gut the right way. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, it just says how good Nylander has been and how hot the um, the Leafs have been to start the season. This one for Oilers fans is going to cause a lot of problems. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins has more points for the Oilers than Ryan Smith ever did. So if you're a Oilers fan that's over the age of 45, I'm sorry. You're going to have to completely change your entire identity as a human being because Ryan Smith is not the greatest thing to ever exist on this planet. 
uh, clearly Ryan Nugent Hopkins is. Can I ask you one question, both of you one question before we move on? How many points do you think Ryan Nugent Hopkins had last year? Jeez, mm, oh, you're putting me on the spot. Maybe like just to guess 105. I was going to say like 85. He had 104 points last year. Let's go. Damn. All right. <laughs> That's outrageous. Yeah. Sorry. Just had to put that out there. That. Uh, speaking of outrageous, Braden Point is set to pass Brad Richards this season for games played and points as a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's dude, Brad Richards, Vinny LeCavier. Marty St. Louis, that's like my childhood, like Tampa Bay right. Lightning figures. That just is so weird. Harry, my, I mean, my question is going to be to Aunt Vicky is like, who's more significant as a member of the Lightning? Is it Braden Point or is it Brad Richards? Yeah, I think her I think her fandom came on more in the in the Point era. She's going to okay. smile knowing that we're talking about her. Actually, <laughs> I want to give her a shout out. She this, this is my aunt, diehard Tampa Bay Lightning fan, diehard, lives and dies with them. Uh, she is at her first game today since she beat cancer and she is seeing them play the crack in the night. And Let's go. She, uh, her favorite player was Yanni Gord, who is now in the Kraken, and he scored in the first period. I think there was a small part of her that was probably a little happy for him. I but bet. Let's go. Yeah. Shout out to Aunt Vicky. I'm so happy for you that you're at the game tonight. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. One of the OG EB listeners from way, way back in the day too. So gotta love that for sure. Uh, last one here. Travis Konechny has more games played for the Flyers than get ready for this. Eric Lindros, Jeff Carter, Ron Hextall, Mike Richards, and Danny Briere. That's He's, so fucked up. I hate right? that. <laughs> and then it gets weirder. He's expected to pass Scott Hartnell, Kimo Timonen, and James Van Riemsdyk this year. That's so stupid. There's that, no that, way that make he's played sense. more games than Scott Hartnell did for the Flyers. Or so Danny. This, like, what the right. <laughs> This tells you how bad they've been for a while now. Yeah. Because, like, they're not relevant, so you don't think... Because no one's... Yeah, no one's talking about it. Yeah, exactly. No, he's just been there for that long. Wow. That is a weird stat. Nick, thank you for sharing all those with us. And thank you, Hockey Collective, for the post. Uh, Mac, let's close it out with some good old trivia. You bet. All right. I'm excited about this one. This will be a good way to end. Um, And as usual, I'm going to kind of start with less. And then if you need more, I'll give you more. But uh, here we go. So this player became the 80th player in league history to score 1,000 career (laughs) points. He did so on October 30th, 2014. So what, nine years ago? Um, He reached this plateau with a third period goal in what ended up being a 5-4 shootout win against the team that originally drafted him. Uh, and that team drafted him 12th overall in the 1997 NHL draft. That's what we're going to start with. Mm-hmm. 2014, thousand points drafted in 97, 12th overall. Yep. 2014. And he's the 80th player in history to get a thousand points. He was, yeah, at the time. Mm, that's a good one, Mac. So that would have been like his 17th season in the league, almost roughly. Yes, about there. Nick, you look like you got it. Go for it. Who is Jerome Ginla? Nope. nope. Damn it. That's a great guess. I was scared. The way the look on your face made it, made it look like you knew, <laughs> and I didn't want you to get it that quickly. <laughs> The 97th draft, a thousand points. draft. I know who was drafted first overall in 97. We covered that. Uh, I just need to guess here because you know, I want to get the hint and we're running out of time. So I will guess, uh, shit. Uh, let's go Vinny LeCavier. Let's do it the same as last week. No, but oh, I, I like it. I like it. Okay. You want a second hint Let- here? Yeah, yeah. let's out. get a second hit. All right, so I mentioned that he scored this goal against the team that drafted him. It was not one of those situations where, like, the team that drafted him, he didn't play much for them or whatever. He actually scored his first 390 points of his career with this team that drafted him and then ended up scoring his 1,000th with a different team. Who is Danny Heatley? No. Shit. But you're you're getting warmer. Okay. 
I won't say why, but that's somewhat warmer in a in a weird way. I've got it. Who is Daniel Alfredson? Nope. Damn it. But that's still pretty warm. Who is Patrick Marlowe? No. Now, now, you're, now you're a little colder. No, no, you're a little colder. Oh, okay. I think I got it. Who is Jason Spezza? <laughs> no, but that's Who is, that's warm as well. Who is Marion Hosa? Yes, ding, let's ding, go. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, there it is. <laughs> very nice, very nice. We went the senator's route. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's a good one. You want to read the whole prompt? Yeah. So Marion Hosa became the 80th player in league history to score 1,000 career points on October 30th, 2014. He reached this plateau with a third period goal and a 5-4 shootout win over the Ottawa Senators. It was the Senators who originally drafted Hosa in the first round, 12th overall of the 97 NHL draft. He scored his first 390 points of his career with Ottawa. I, I think it's nuts that like now people are kind of going to remember him as the guy that went from like Detroit to Pittsburgh to Chicago to win the cup. But like this right. dude was so nasty for so In long. Ottawa. Like, oh my like, God. Like, it's crazy yeah. that, well, okay, so we talked about Thornton. When you hear Hosa, what jersey do you picture? Honestly, I I think of the Blackhawks. I know Me that's too, kind of a... but that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I'm torn. I think of the Blackhawks red one, or like you guys know the old school Sens one I have with like the gold and black striping around the waist. Yeah, yeah. that one. But that's only because that is that the one with is... the 3D head? Yeah, yeah. That, it's like and all, the 3D head sucks, but like the gold and black striping is just so sick, and that's the right. only thing I think of. I agree. Great trivia question, Mac. That's two good weeks in a row. Yeah, definitely. We try. We try. We'll have another good one next week. Uh, all right. Any final notes before we head out of here? I think Alrighty. that's it. Damn. Well, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins losing 2-1 of the Anaheim Ducks. They fucking suck. But without Stay hot. further ado, class dismissed. Class dismissed.